is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Was he aware of Bathsheba's bathing habits? If David knew this was going on and he took no measures to avoid the situation, then David is guilty of viewing pornography. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. dealing with something today that I wish we did not have to deal with, but it's in the Word of God, and so therefore we'll have to address it. 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, and it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in that evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. And this morning I want to deal with some questions regarding David and Bathsheba. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I have studied and prepared, but Lord, I lean not upon that solely. Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to help me, Lord, to say that which will be to the edifying of the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that in some way, through all of this, we'll be drawn closer to you. And Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This is a chapter that we all wish was not in the Word of God, to be honest with you. It tells the story of a sin so black and a crime so heinous. If it were pertaining 
to anyone else we might could understand. But David, the only one in the Bible where it says, a man after God's own heart, committing adultery, and then cold-blooded murder. To be honest with you, it leaves more questions than it does answers. But in all of this, we can see the grace of God. My first question this morning will be pertaining to God. First of all, God knows everything. Nothing catches God by surprise. God knew when David was just a little boy tending the sheep. God knew then what David would do. And he sent Samuel with a horn of oil to anoint David to be the king anyway. Just a few chapters back, 2 Samuel chapter 7, God sends the prophet Nathan to David. And the prophet Nathan tells David that it's through his family that the Savior of mankind will come there's no greater honor that could be given to a human being than that and God Jesus Christ despite the failure that would come right around the corner Jesus Christ condescended to be called the son of David. Now, you think about that for just a moment. I want that to sink in. Question number one. God knowing the future, knowing what David would do, does God condone sin? Does God overlook the sins of some and pronounces judgment upon others? No. God does not condone sin of any nature. And God does not have favorites. When Jesus hung on Calvary's cross... And the sins of the world was laid upon his shoulders. The Bible says that it became as black as midnight. It was almost as if though God pulled the blinds, he could not look upon his own son. And Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So the answer is no. God does not have favorites and he does not condone sin of any nature. So why did God choose David? 
First of all, David was saved. Does God overlook the sins of the saved versus the unsaved? No, He does not. Well, why did God choose David? David was saved, and you got to understand this about salvation. It's your salvation that's perfect. When you get saved, your position is in Christ Jesus. Your position is perfect. However, just because you're saved and your position is perfect, that don't mean that your condition is perfect. And that's where sanctification comes in, the way you live for God. Your salvation is perfect. But if we'll be honest with ourselves, we're still in this flesh, and we are not perfect. And let me tell you this. If God only chose perfect people to do His work, nothing would ever get done as it pertains to the work of God. Are you hearing me? All right. 2 Samuel chapter... 11, verse 1. David sent Joab and his servants to fight the children of Ammon, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. Why didn't David go out and fight with his men like he had done in the past? I've read all kinds of things. But this right here takes the cake. Someone says, if you'll look there in verse 2, David got off his bed at evening tide. This particular commentator said that he thought David was sick. I believe that's an excuse. He won't too sick to have relations with Bathsheba. Oh, me, I'm going to step in something now. We all know of people hadn't been to church in Sundays, month of Sundays. You just happen to see them one day and say, hey, how you doing? Hadn't seen you in a while. Oh, well, I've been sick. Really? You go over there and look on... Facebook and they've been to the beach and they've been to the mountains and they've been to the Cracker Barrel and they've been to Walmart and they've been doing this and doing that. That's just an excuse. Folks do what they want to do. If you're well enough to go to Walmart, if you're well enough to go get that hair did on Saturday, you ought to be well enough to come to church on Sunday. It's an excuse. Stop making excuses. No, I don't think David was sick. Well, why didn't David go out and fight with his men? Could it be, this was another question that was ventured, could it be that David deliberately stayed home because he knew about Bathsheba, and he would have an opportunity to be alone with her. The Bible doesn't say that. 
And we have to be careful how we read more into something than what's there, but that is a question that was ventured. Well, Brother James, why do you think David didn't go out and fight with his men? I'll give you a little Pierce theology, okay, for what it's worth. By this time, David is in his 50s. And a man in his 50s don't fight like he did back when he was in his 30s. Are you hearing me? And I think David just finally come to realize that his dexterity wasn't as it used to be. And he said, it's time for me to let go of some things. And I'm just getting too old to go out and, and fight. And that, that's, that's just what I believe. I believe David finally realized it's time to let go of some things. Some of you here, many of you listening by radio, it might be good for you to take that advice. When you get to a certain age, you don't need to be climbing no ladders. You just don't work like you used to. It's just age. And it would be better in your interest to just give up your driver's license. That's a hard thing to do, but when the signs are there, you need to take heed to the signs of the times and let go of some things and I truly believe that that's what David was doing here he was just getting too old to be going out fighting although he was the greatest warrior in all of Israeli history but what did David know about Bathsheba now he had been staying in the king's palace now for over 10 years was he aware of Bathsheba's bathing habits? Did he know about it? Or did he just happen to stumble across something one day? See, if this was the first occurrence, that would be one thing. But if he knew of certain activities that were taking place and deliberately positioned himself to where he could see something. And the Bible says, if you look at it right there, the woman was very beautiful to look upon. If David knew this was going on and he took no measures to avoid the situation, then David is guilty of viewing pornography. Let me read you this. Twelve percent of the websites on the internet are pornographic in nature. That's over 24 and a half million porn sites. Over 28,000 internet users are viewing porn every second. Over $3,000 a second is spent on pornography. 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. One in three are women. 
the worldwide porn industry is worth $4.9 billion. You think of that. The U.S. alone is $2.84 billion. 8% of all emails are pornographic in nature. That's 2.5 billion emails per day. 25% of all search engine requests are pornographic related. That's 68 million searches per day. 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic in nature. The state of Utah has the highest porn subscription rate. 34% of all internet users have experienced unwanted exposure to porn through pop-up ads, misdirected links, or emails. There are 116,000 searches per day for child pornography. The average age to which a child is exposed to porn is 11 years old. The average porn site visit is over six minutes. The least popular day of the year for viewing porn is on Thanksgiving. Don't say amen yet. The most popular day of the week for viewing porn is on Sunday. Harmful effects upon the brain. Those with compulsive sexual behavior have brain activity that mirrors that of a drug addict. Researchers have found a correlation between brain activity and age. The younger the age, the greater level of activity in the ventral stratum of the brain in response to pornography. As hours of reported pornography use increases, the amount of gray matter in the brain decreases. Question. How many Christians are hooked on internet pornography? Question. Parents. What are your kids looking at on their cell phones? It's a big problem today. What did David know about Bathsheba? Let's flip it over. Let's flip the coin over now. Let's look at Bathsheba for a few minutes. Not literally, of course. What did Bathsheba know about David. Did she know that David could see her from the window in his house? Did she did she know that David could see her? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. If she knew David was doing this, was she deliberately doing this in order to seduce David 
to become his wife and improve her quality of life. In other words, was she a gold digger? Was she flaunting her wares in order to capture David? I need to be careful with this. This question here, well, this right here is going to be directed more toward the women folks than the men. More particular to the young ladies that we have here in the church. And you're looking a young man. It is not right for you to dress yourself in a provocative way in order to catch the attention of a young man. And let me say this. Young man, you should not be dressing yourself in a provocative way in order to attract a young lady. As a Christian, as a child of God, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, and you should dress yourself accordingly. And that's all I'm going to say about that. What did Bathsheba know about David? Did she know that David could see her? My personal opinion. I personally don't think that she did. I would like to think that Uriah and Bathsheba thought that this place of taking a bath was secluded maybe just maybe Uriah looked up one day and he saw that spot up there the palace maybe that thought crossed his mind you know the king just could step out and see us but David he's a man of God He's a man of God. He, he wouldn't be looking. Don't fool yourself. Nobody is exempt from temptation. That includes preachers. I don't care how called of God the individual may be, how anointed they may be. They're not exempt when it comes to temptation. Did they know? I don't think so. Here's where I believe the sin came in at. When David saw all of this, let me deal with verse 2 a little bit more. He saw her from the roof. First time this ever happened, okay? We'll go in this direction a minute. Was it wrong for David to see her first time? No. Look, we live in a world where any and everything goes. And as long as you're living in this world, things are going to happen and you're going to see things. Okay? You don't have any control over a bird that flies over your head. 
but you do have control over whether he stops and builds a nest in your hair. Look once and see something, that's one thing. Boy, if you happen to see something you ought not to be seeing, you need to turn your head and look the other way. And all the dads in the house said, Amen. That goes for the women as well. If you know what's going on over here, leave it alone. And sir, if that computer is causing you problems, you'd be better off to take that thing out to the curb and get rid of it. If you know there's something going on, you need to take measures to avoid the situation. I'm not done with this message. There are so many other questions to ask. One big question I have is this. When all this was going on with David, adultery, cold-blooded murder, was David saved? Had he dropped dead of a heart attack in the midst of all of this, would he have died and gone to heaven? We're going to answer that question next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 